0: Good morning, Rabbi Good morning. Today's breakfast is not yet sponsored. If anyone would like to sponsor it, please see me after, uh, after the breakfast in the class to, be, to have the Zehut or leiluy nishmat, anyone um, that you would like to dedicate it to. Our rabbis tell us something magnificent. The Pasuk says, Vayikram Moshe Benun Yehoshua. Moshe called Oshea ben Nun Yehoshua. He added effectively a Yod to his name. Why? And he gives the prayer afterwards. Hit palel alav, says Rashi. Ya meraglim May God save you and protect you from the intent of the Meraglim of the spies. Why was adding a Yod going to affect a change in Hoshea being... Uh, 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 influenced, drawn in, implicated in the Miraglim's plot. Why was that something that Moshe Rabbeinu thought would make a difference? And Rabbi Otay, of course, on a Kabbalistic level, there are many uh, very you know important things about the change in the name of Yud and the Hey when he adds God's name into Yoshua, etc., etc. But that's not what I'm here to do with you today. I'm here to look at another line of thought. Okay. Where do we find this idea uh, manifest? Later on, it says in the Pasuk, They went up in the Negev in the south. Now, what should it really say? But it doesn't say that. It says that they went up and he came. What does it mean, and he came? (coughs) Answers the Gemara, the Gemara expresses that Vayavor, as she quotes it, means, and he came individually. Who came to Hebron individually? Kalev ben Yifune. The other one in the story, in the saga of the spies, who stood up to the spies, was Kalev ben Yifune. And how did he manage not to get drawn into this uh, political punditry? What he did was, he went to Chevron, and the pasuk says, he went to the, the Gemara says al kivre'avot." he went to pray in Hebron to the great forefathers of the Jewish people that were buried there. Now the indication that we are given here is that Kalev had to pray but Hoshea or Yehoshua he was saved anyway because he had this additional Yod in his name. And the question I ask is very simple. Moshe Rabbeinu understood that this was something that was going to affect the Miraglim. Why of all people does He give the Yud only to Yehoshua? Doesn't He want to protect everybody? This story is going to result in the Jewish people getting locked into a holding pattern for 40 years in the desert. Yom Lashana, Yom Lashana, one day equivalent to one year. Each day that they spend in Israel, uh, you know, touring the land, bringing back the evil report against Israel and against God, each day resulted in another day. Why would Moshe not give out yud wholesale? Give everybody a yud. One for you, a yud for you, like Oprah Winfrey. A yud for you, a yud for you, a yud for you, simple. The answer is, Rabbutai that this yod is not something very simple. Al-Chachamim explained to us that this yud came from a very specific place. came from the name of Sarai Menu Sarai. When Sarah's name was changed, the youth came before God and said to Hashem, how could you take me out of the name of Sarai Menu? Sarai Menu." God says to this letter, He says, it's important that I remove you now from her name. I'm gonna replace you with the letter Hey, Sarai to Sarai to Sarah. But don't worry, the day will come when you will be used. Now this to me always struck me as a very weird thing. I imagine in Shanaim there's a bunch of letters flying around, unemployed, they don't really know what to do. There's an unemployment agency that letters come to and the guys, look, I have no jobs, it's a very difficult market. And the Yud, keeps coming back, it doesn't give up for a thousand years until finally Hashem says in the employment agency, you know, we found you a job, Mr. Yud. I hope you don't mind, it's going to be switching gender, but if it's okay with you, you know, we're going, to, uh, we're going to transition you from female to male and you're going to become part of Joshua's name. Is that what's going on here? Rabbi I want to share with you something very powerful. Why was Sarai's name changed? Why did Sarai need to become Sarah? I understand that with Avraham, Avraham needed to change from Avram to Avraham. Why? Avram meant the father of Aram. He was the father of his neighborhood, where he grew up, Aram Naharayim over there. He became Avraham, why? Why did God add the hey? Because he became Avhamon goim. Now pay close attention to the phonetic, to the linguistic sound of what happened in Avraham's name change. Avram was Avram. He had to become Avhamon, which would have meant Avham. His new name should have been Avham. Avham Avinu but it didn't his name became Avraham because the old letter did not lose its place why? Al-Chachamim explained to us something beautiful that when Avraham went from being a governor of a city and he went he rose from that position to being emperor of the world Avhamon goim, a father to the whole world a father that would give birth to a nation that was going to be a light unto all the nations he never forgot not only where he came from but the people who he first had his responsibility to. So therefore, Avram, the Resh, never gets lost from his name, Avraham. Interestingly enough, we don't have Saraiha, <laughs> or Sareha, or Sarhai. The Yud gets dropped. Why did the Yud need to be dropped? Why couldn't it be incorporated in the name in the same way as Avram was incorporated? And the answer Abutai is very powerful. Sarai's name means, literally, Sarai is my princess. Sarah means the princess. In each case, it denoted her royalty, but in one case, her royalty was subordinate to Avraham Avinu. Avraham was going to give birth to a son, Rabotai, that needed to be different to him. Avraham's primary trait we know was, he said it was kindness. Sarah's primary trait was Givurah was strength. Every time you see a story involving Sarah in the Torah, it speaks to the idea of Givurah. She's arguing with Avraham Avinu about Ishmael. She's arguing with Hagar because she's upholding the deen. She's saying this is not the way something is supposed to be. So Sarah, Rabotai, Sarai, she was smaller in the relationship. She was subordinate. She was my princess to Avraham. But in order to give birth to Yitzhak, that his dominant trait should become Givurah, Sarah needed to step up. So the Yud is removed from her name because the Yud, it represents the smallest of the letters. In Hilchot Shabbat, we learn that if a person makes a mark with an ink a quill on a paper, that mark is already considered to be a letter. Why? Because that one dot is, is identified as a yud, the smallest letter. You just go like this, it looks like a yud. That's the halakha. So therefore, the katan otiyot is yud. The yud in Sarah's name denoted the fact that she was small, or she made herself small. When she needed to become the person that was going to raise Yitzhak with this new trait She needed to become big All of this Rabotai I give you an introduction Therefore Moshe Rabbeinu understood That there was one thing That he needed to give to Yoshua to In order to protect him From the Miraglim Why did the Miraglim sin? We know That they were all great men The Torah calls them Anashim Each time we see the word The appellation Anashim We are told That it means people who are chashuv They're special people, they're important people. So if these are Anashim, how do they sin so badly? And our Chachamim tell us that their mistake was that they were leaders who wanted to hold on to their leadership opportunity. There's many a person who gets into politics or into a position of power, and when they get into that position, they are L'Shem Shamayim. They want to change the way things are done. They want to change policies. And you know what? It's not that they fooled you. They actually want to do that. But the minute they get into power, they start realizing, Uli, if I want to push this through, I have to have friends in Congress, in the Senate, in the Knesset, you know, in Parliament. If I, don't, if I want friends in Parliament, what do I have to do? If, they want, if I want them to scratch my back, what do I have to do? I have to scratch theirs. If I want something small, it's a little scratch with one finger. I want something big, it's a big scratch. I want something even bigger than that, I gotta use back scratchers. That's how it works. So eventually, people in political positions, they start trading away their own ideologies in order to fulfill another one of their ideologies or in order to stay in power. Because what starts as them being the right person to bring through a policy, eventually fades away and they're just the right person. Do you hear that? these Miraglim suffered from the same leadership malaise. They were people who wanted to hold on to their position and they worried what would happen in Israel when the situation changed. Maybe they would be supplanted by people who better knew the land, who were more appropriate for the times. So they said, you know, it's better for us if we stay in the desert. Moshe Rabbeinu knew this. So he knew that the one little potion that he needed to insert into this dynamic was a drop of humility. Let me change Yehoshua's name. Let me give him a Yud because the Yud represents the Katan Otiyot, the smallest of the letters. Let me give him a drop of humility. But why then did Moshe Rabenu only give Yehoshua this drop? Why didn't he give it to Kalev? Why didn't he give it to all the other 10? And the answer is Rabotai, like we say all the time, you could only encourage and psych up people who are themselves a little bit psyched. You could only give a little bit of humility to someone who is themselves already a little bit humble. We know Yehoshua was Na'ar Loya Mush Mitocha O'er. He was the young one who never left the tent of Moshe bin of the Bit Midrash. He was the one that at the end of the day fixed all the books in the temple. He cleaned up the synagogue if he saw something on the floor. Rabbi I need you to understand the power of this idea. Who is the guy that becomes the leader of all the Jews? Yahushua. Why does he become the one who is most respected, the leader of all the Jews? Because he's the one who belittles and humbles himself the most. The highest has to come from the lowest. Moshe Rabbeinu anav mikol adam. Greatest ever, humblest ever. Moshe understood that he could add the yud to Yehoshua and that yud would take hold, it would grow roots, it would become fruitful and multiply. That saved Yehoshua because you know what happens? In life, Rabotai, and this is the tremendous life lesson that we draw from this, because we are not Yehoshua. And we are not in the company of spies, but we are in the company all the time of people who are trying to influence us to do something. Somebody calls you up, they say, come on, we're gonna go over here. It's not the right place, you shouldn't be there. But you know, everybody's going. So what, everybody's going, I don't wanna go. Yeah, but I don't wanna say that I don't wanna go. It's much easier to say, oh, I'm busy, than to say, I don't feel comfortable there. It's not my type of scene. Because then, what is the guy gonna say about me? In order to be able to have your own position, in order to be able to be strong enough not to be buffeted by the winds, you have to be able to be humble. El Chachamim explained that in Egypt, when the Barad came down, it broke everything that was standing straight. The wheat, the, the spelt, those things, they did not, they were not destroyed. You know why? Because Afilot, they were still in their young uh, group, part of their growth. They felt like they were young. They were in Zikeinim already. They didn't have a position to uphold, they didn't stand like this, they bent. So when they got hit, what happened? They bent over, the ones that stood up. Then they took a hit, what happened? They cracked in half. They were young. Yehoshua didn't get hit and break. You know why? Because he was not. I'm a young guy, simple guy, small. I'm not. That humility, it is everything. It keeps people real about where they're holding. It keeps people real about the way that they see the world. The greatest strength a person could could own in this world is the ability to have the humility to see himself as he is and not as he would wish to be. You walk into a meeting, you're all cocky, you think you have the pole position, you're going to lose that contract. You know why? Number one, they're not going to like the attitude. Number two, you're going to be too busy listening to the beautiful sound of your own mellifluous voice. You're not going to listen to what else is being said in the meeting. and You're going to get a bad deal, because you're going to be so confident that no one's going to mess you over because of how strong your position is little humility goes a tremendous way but that gift of humility can only be given to someone who's already performing acts that make them humble do you understand that I can make you more humble says God says Moshe Rabbeinu only if you're already doing it the other day I was in my father's synagogue and you know what it's a great thing for me to go to my father's synagogue because I'm a rabbi here in a beautiful synagogue and to remember that I'm the son of Rabbi Fari. Hazaku Baruch! Sit down, whippersnapper. I love it. It's the best thing ever. I'm walking in the synagogue, and there's a tissue, a used tissue on the floor. I don't know how people do that, but there's a used tissue on the floor. So I bend down, and as I'm bending down to pick it up, the Syrians, they have the most beautiful kavod for chachamim. I was almost tackled by two people. Two people trying to tackle me, get out of the way, so that they could pick it up before I pay. No rabbi, has Shalom. I said, has Shalom. I said, clearly you're from Chutz La'aretz. They said, what do you mean? They thought I was dissing them. I said, clearly you're not from Eretz Israel. They said, what do you mean? They thought they were doing a good thing, trying to honor the rabbi, not letting him pick up a dirty tissue in the synagogue. I said, clearly you're from Chutz La'aretz, because the parashah that you're up to is Baha'aloticha, and not Shelach, because if you were in Parshat Shelach, you'd already have learned about Yehoshua and how he is saved by the fact that he cleans up the Beit Hamidrash. You're trying to stop me from uh, fulfilling this unbelievable misvah? the ability. And you know what? What does it take? After everybody leaves, you walk around, take a few books, put it up on the thing. You know, another great one, a favorite of mine is. When you walk past the sifarim on the way down the stairs you notice, God bless the workers here, they're very dedicated. But sometimes when they put the sidurim, they put them upside down. And the books and the words of Hashem, the name of God is there upside down. What does it take to turn a couple books upside down? To take care of the bet Midrash or the bet Knesset. After you finish with your breakfast, yeah, there's someone to clean it up, true. But you don't have to leave the mess. Throw your cup in the garbage, not because, you know, just simply because it's manners. Simply because this is a Bet knesset. and if you leave it, an extra 20 minutes will go by where the synagogue is full of garbage on the tables. Simple. Yehoshua. That is the gift of the yud, the gift of extra humility. Rabotai, this will enhance, I promise you, come back to me, money back if I'm wrong. I promise you, this will benefit and enhance your relationships. I promise you, a little humility. With your wife, with your children, with your business partners. I promise you it will enhance your business opportunities. I promise it will enhance your spirituality. And more than anything else, we know it will enhance your prayers. If your prayers are answered, what else do you need? If you have a direct line to God and God will listen and fulfill your prayers, what what more? What more could you use? You could ask for anything. It's like, you know, when you get the genie in the bottle and the genie says, Iksne on the ishing way for more wishes. No, you can't wish for more wishes. But with God, you can wish for more wishes, no problem. Unlimited. You want that? No problem. Go read the pasuk. Lev nishbar v'nitke Elohim lo tivzeh. A heart which is downtrodden, which is a little bit broken. God never turns away, he does not. He does not shame. He does not ignore. That is the gift and the power of that little youth, Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen